Redskins. Your daily Washington Redskins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Every day. Every day. All right, guys, we welcome you aboard. It is a special edition of the Locked On Redskins podcast, episode number 159. We said we'd be back if breaking news warranted such an extra show, and here we are, episode 159, baby. We're rolling, and we're telling you that Bruce Allen is officially back, according to the Washington Post first Listen, we've been saying on this podcast everything that we've heard, everything we were told since right after the Tennessee Titans game that Bruce Allen was going to be coming back. What we didn't know for sure was, A, was Dan Snyder going to have some sort of change of heart, number one. Number two, was Bruce Allen going to regain control of the business operations, which he gave up or was stripped from him at the beginning of last year or essentially after the NFL draft because I had been told a couple of different things. One, Bruce Allen always wanted to be and fancied himself as just a football guy. Everybody knows around the NFL he's not a football guy. Everyone knows that he's not classically trained in that regard. We're not suggesting that Bruce Allen hasn't tried to become a better football guy, or hasn't studied tape and hasn't paid attention over the years? Of course he has. And I wouldn't, as critical as I am of Bruce Allen, take that away from him. Bruce Allen has watched every practice. As far as I know, he's out there all the time. He's out there for every training camp practice for the most part. Uh, Bruce Allen watches tape. I know he does. So the notion that Bruce Allen doesn't know anything about football is quite honestly absurd. What does he know? How much he knows? How good is he at it? That's two totally different questions or arenas that we have to kind of take ourselves into, right? And that's just the problem. Nobody seems to think that Bruce Allen is any good at those particular areas football operations, evaluating football talent, evaluating football players, just because you watch something, just because you study something, doesn't mean you know it, doesn't mean you're good at it, right? Bruce Allen arrived as a top executive, an executive vice president, general manager of the Washington Redskins in 2009, December 17th, 2009. He's been on the job now for more than nine years, and it appears that he is going to be on the job probably for 10 full seasons, right? Or 10 full years, and maybe more. Um, the best way I could say this is nothing that the Redskins do surprises me. In this Washington Post story that came out on Friday from Les Carpenter, uh, who I've gotten to know a little bit, not very well. He's been around forever. He's worked for Yahoo, uh, and he's worked for some other major outlets, and now he's back with the Washington Post. He said, President Bruce Allen is remaining in his role overseeing football operations and will assume control of the business side of the franchise, the Redskins said Friday. Allen had moved to a football-only role last year when team owner Daniel Snyder hired former NFL executive Brian LaFamina, to run the Redskins business operations. 
as we know, as we talked about, as we've discussed here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, La Famina was fired the day after Christmas, eight months into the job. And Allen has regained control of that side of the building, that part of the equation. Now, Tony Wiley, Redskins longtime spokesman, senior vice president for communication, said, quote, there was never any question about this. Of course he's coming back when asked about Allen's status. Well, actually, Tony, here's the thing. I think Tony had to say that. Tony is doing his best. Maybe he truly believes that. There was a significant question. Um, There was many questions about Bruce Allen. And I wasn't the only one that had them and that was reporting them. Maybe I went harder than ultimately I should have. Maybe I should have been a little bit more patient, quite honestly. But I know for a fact that Dan Snyder has been furious at times at Bruce Allen, furious at times about the direction of the franchise, furious and frustrated and angry as recently as the end of the season. But what we don't always know is what goes into these decisions, right? Nobody knows. I haven't heard ever anyone talk about what is Bruce Allen's contract. We just don't know. Nobody knows how much money he makes. I mean, I've heard, heard it's in the 8 to $10 million per year range. Who knows how much money he gets? Maybe he's got more control than we even think. Maybe, secretly, he has a very, very, very small ownership stake at this point. I don't know. Perhaps that's a reason. I've always been told, and I've reported this on both 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C., Radio.com, and as well here on the Locked on Redskins podcast, that even if Bruce Allen got removed from the president of football operations role, that he wasn't going to get fired outright. He wasn't going to get fired completely. And the Washington Post themselves said some people that deal directly with the Redskins, agents, that sort of thing, believe that Eric Schaefer would move into a president role and that Bruce Allen could be put into a business executive role, basically heading up the station, the stadium, you know, which is something that, again, I've been reporting since late March. Now, I didn't say that it was absolutely going to happen, but what I was told back in late March by more than one source was that Bruce Allen was definitely in trouble. Dan was very upset. Uh, the building was hot for a couple of days after the owners' meetings in mid-March. And basically what we were looking at was a situation of where if one more big incident happened, if one more really negative attempt, or if the team didn't make the playoffs, that Dan Snyder might choose to go that route. Nobody said that he was definitely going to. Nobody said that it was a certainty by any stretch of the imagination. But you had my report, again, in late March, early April. And then, according to, again, the Post, and this was in reporting that they've done over the last couple of weeks, 
And again, they put it in this story that Les Carpenter wrote in the Post on Friday. Uh, and you can read it at WashingtonPost.com. Um, it's up on at Locked Redskins. It's up on my Twitter, at WrestleMania621. Quote, some NFL agents who do business with the Redskins had speculated that Allen might move away from running the football side of the team and expand the role of Eric Schaefer, the senior vice president of football operations. And we've talked about this in detail. Um, From what I understand, Eric Schaefer was the top target of at least one team as a president of football operations role. And my understanding is since that time, when I reported that, which I believe was after the Jaguars win, the day after the Jaguars win, that Eric Schaefer has been either given some sort of reason to stay or some sort of promise. I don't know if it was contractual. I don't know if it was money. I don't know what exact uh, thing was promised to Eric Schaefer, but that's my understanding. So if they told, if Dan Snyder told Eric Schaefer, hey, listen, we're going to make you the president of football operations at some point, we just don't know exactly when, that may have been good enough for Eric Schaefer to say, okay, I'm good, I'm going to trust you, you've been good to me, you've always held up your end of the bargain, I'm staying, I don't really want to leave anyway, I don't want to uproot my family, so on and so forth, I really want to be the president of football operations here, where I know the building, I know the people, I know the culture, I know everything. Um, And despite all of the blemishes, maybe Eric Schaefer really doesn't think it's as bad as we think it is. But for right now, right now, today, Bruce Allen is not only the president of football operations, but essentially he's the president of the entire organization and the president of business operations, and he's in charge of everything again. And this, of course, go figure, has cranked up a lot of negativity from Redskins fans. And basically it sends one very, very, very loud message to anybody that is a critic of Bruce Allen, anybody that is a critic of Dan Snyder, anybody that is a critic of the Washington Redskins will tell you what that is next. This is the Locked on Redskins podcast. Good to have you aboard. Special edition weekend style, episode number 159, Bruce Allen. Officially staying, not according to the team, but according to a team spokesman, which I guess kind of sort of counts as officially from the team. Tony Wiley, Senior Vice President of Communications, telling the Washington Post, quote, there was never any question about this. Of course he's coming back. And yes, we've reported, yes, indeed, he's coming back. There was a question as to whether Dan Snyder would change his mind. There was a question as to whether that would actually happen. And there was a question as to whether Bruce Allen would retain control or regain control of business operations, and it seems clear that he has, at least according to this report. All right, coming up, that way that the Redskins are answering their critics for Bruce Allen, Dan Snyder, and the Redskins as an organization is next on the Locked on Redskins podcast. All right, guys, the NFL playoffs are here. Four big games going on this weekend. Yeah, you know, Colts, Chiefs, Cowboys, Rams. It is the Philadelphia Eagles and the New Orleans Saints and as well the New England Patriots hosting the Los Angeles 
Chargers. Don't be that guy with no rooting interest as your buddies and you sit around watching these games or at a bar, wherever you watch them. You know the big game is right around the corner, but the biggest games are right now. Make sure you're ready for the daily action by signing up at MyBookie today. They pay fast when you win. They care about you and good customer service, and they offer tons of crazy and interesting prop bets so you can get in on some side action. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. If you want to make money during this playoff season, you should go to MyBookie. Check them out. Join now, and MyBookie will offer you a 50% deposit bonus to make sure you have a nice little bankroll for this playoff season. And for the month of January into February, use the promo code LOCKEDON25, LOCKEDON25, when you deposit the Activate the Offer. That's promo code LOCKEDON25 at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, we welcome you back. It is episode number 159 of the Locked on Redskins podcast. So the way that the Redskins are basically sending a message to their fan base, their customers, media, critics, people around the NFL is, of course, the usual way that the Redskins do it in tremendous fashion. Number one. They are basically giving a double middle finger to any one of their critics. You know, Bob Knight used to once said that when he passed away, when he died, they hope he buried him face first so his critics could kiss his ass. Well, that's exactly what the Redskins are basically doing. The Redskins are giving everyone, you, me, everyone in the media, everyone in the fan base, everyone like Michael Lombardi who used to work with Bruce Allen in Oakland, and who writes for The Athletic and has been in front offices of the Cleveland Browns and the New England Patriots and uh, other organizations, and who was very critical on 106.7 The Fan on Wednesday, again, my station, 106.7 The Fan. I think we mentioned this on episode number 158. Not sure if we got to it or not. They are giving everyone the double middle finger, and they are telling you, we know better. And not only are we going to tell you we know better, but we are going to show you we know better. We are not only going to not fire Bruce Allen, we are going to promote Bruce Allen. We are going to empower Bruce Allen even more. We are going to strengthen his hold. If not symbolically and figuratively, we are just going to make sure the message gets out through the Washington Post, our preferred outlet of dissemination when we decide to talk off the record, on the record, what have you. We are going to make sure you know, we are going to make sure you know that your opinion, your analysis, your thoughts, your wants, your desires, your criticisms, unwarranted, not welcome, wrong, and that the Redskins know better. Now, if you separate it like this, I got a text from a source late on Friday night, actually, as we're recording this, um, that very simply said, quote, Dan Snyder has spoken, dot, 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 employment for life, end quote. Now, this source has always told me, hey, look, 
Bruce Allen's never going anywhere. He's always going to be president of something or in charge of something or head of stadium authority or what have you. So I never again expected Bruce Allen to completely leave the organization. But this seems to be like an unnecessarily doubling down. Like everybody wants to hashtag fire Bruce Allen. And here the Redskins are saying, no, no, not only is he retaining that role, but he's also expanding his empire. And I suppose they have that right. But they are basically, again, telling critics to go kiss their ass, that they know better. Now, on the field, it is pretty clear that the Redskins are better than many of us think they are. They are 59-84-1 in the Bruce Allen era. 0-2 in the playoffs, both home games, two division titles, magic carpet rides into the playoffs and everything. 59-84-1 under Bruce Allen's leadership. Again, you, there's no rhyme or reason 25 games under 500 in a league filled with parity, average, mediocrity, whatever you want to say. 59-84-1. and one. Now, two really, really bad seasons. 2013, 3-13. 2014, 4-12. And obviously, obviously, that's 18 games under 500 in those two years. That would, if you take those two years away, that would basically equal out to Bruce Allen only being 7 or so games under 500, but you can't take those two years away. Since 2015, again, Bruce Allen fully in charge, Mike Shanahan completely removed, um, the Robert Griffin era over, done with. Since 2015, the Redskins were 9-7 and seven with a division title in 2015. 8-7-1, no playoffs with a chance. 2016, 7-9, 7-9. So over the last two years... The Redskins are 14 and 18. However, over the last four years, the Redskins, again, remember they were two games over 500 in 2015 with a division title, one game over 500 with a tie. So over the last four years, the Redskins are only one game under 500. Again, in a league filled with parity, mediocrity, average play, inconsistency, up and down, the Redskins on the field are really not as bad as the image and as the reputation that they have largely built and destroyed themselves. I keep saying this, and I I don't think people understand when I say this, the record itself and the fact that they haven't made the playoffs in three years and seven and nine the last two years with massive amounts of injuries, the record itself is not that bad. It's not that bad. It's not good, but it's not that bad. Again, the Redskins are largely a byproduct the last four years on the field of what the league trends to be and aims to be. And that's, again, parity-filled, mediocre, average, chance, no chance. Nobody kind of figures out what they are until the last minute, for sure. And then they fail. My problem is is the constant black eyes, whether it's the Kirk Cousins situation and drama and franchise tag of Palooza and not giving him a long-term contract and the 
press conference in front of three friends at Redskins Park when they couldn't reach a long-term deal. That, also on top of, and in addition to that, the Reuben Foster claiming the press release that didn't appear to be very accurate, the players harpooning the fan base for not showing up, the refusal to answer any questions from media, which, again, I'm media. I don't care about the media as much as I care about the fans. The fans are the ones that deserve the answers to these questions in mass. Bruce Allen has said, I talk to fans all the time. Bruce, we don't get to hear those answers. We don't get to hear those discussions. You could be doing that. You also could be lying. We don't know because there's no way to verify that because you won't allow any of us to listen or to partake in any of that. There's no way to verify it. And no fan that we know of in the media, no fan has stepped forward to say, oh, I talked to Bruce Allen yesterday in the parking lot at Redskins Park or wherever, or at a restaurant or FedEx Field. And this is what he told me. Nobody even does that. Nobody knows. How are we supposed to know? I doubt this happens. So Bruce Allen doesn't answer any questions, I don't believe, not only from the media, but also from the fans. Now, he he did a series of one-on-one interviews last March at the owners' meeting, mid-March again in Arizona, I believe it was. And that's great. But those were mostly friendly, conducive, one-on-one chats where he doesn't feel like he's being attacked. He did not and refused to do one with 106.7 The Fan and our own reporter who had flown there, Craig Hoffman. So he understands what he's doing. He understands that he doesn't want to, A, face another series of tough questions. I won't say the only series of tough questions, but a really tough set of questions. And, B, he is picking and choosing what outlets he talks to, which is understandable considering that he doesn't get a very fair shake on 106.7 The Fan in Washington, D.C. The reason why he doesn't get a fair shake is because, unlike other executives, he doesn't make himself available to the media and therefore the fans. He hides. He doesn't take accountability. There's no transparency. There's no direction. There's no nothing to hang your hat on. I'll give you an example. Give you an example. Several NFL general managers or owners did not choose to speak after the season ended, whether they're going through coaching searches or GM searches or what have you. Maybe they'll speak at some point soon. Maybe they won't. Bruce Allen hasn't spoke in 577 days at a press conference. Again, he did a couple of one-on-one interviews last March. He did talk to Lisa Salters off the record or for attribution, but not on record or not on camera for the Monday night football game in Philadelphia. But it's been 577 days since Bruce Allen has spoke and taken questions at a news conference. I know I spoke to him last about a year and a half ago at a golf charity event, and he was dismissive. I I think that was the day that... They last made him available 
It may have been at the Doug Williams, Eric Schaefer, Kyle Smith press conference. I'm not sure what that 577-day mark, but again, that's what the Washington Post is citing. 577 days since he took questions uh, at a news conference. So the bottom line is, actually, they are saying uh, that it was June 13, 2017. I know I spoke to him at a charitable golf event. I believe it was about a week, week and a half or so after this event, but I could be wrong on the date. I don't remember actually when the date of that news conference is. Either way, the Washington Post, good enough for me, saying 577 days. And again, the problem is, is it's not just about me. For those of you that are wondering, oh, like, why are you? It's not just about me. It's about the fans. And that's the problem. All right. So we'll come back and we'll put Mason Foster in the Skins spotlight. And we'll hear from Mason Foster in just a moment as well as he wrapped up his controversial season with reporters next on the Locked on Redskins podcast, episode number 159. All right, everybody, we welcome you back. It is episode number 159. Before we get out of here, let's hear from Mason Foster wrapping up his season with reporters as the season ended at Redskins Park. Beginning of the year, we were making a lot of big plays, uh, you know, getting the ball out, interceptions, and it kind of, you know, teams started protecting the ball against us and being more cautious is, you know, picking and choosing. So it's a part of football, man. You know, sometimes you have great years, sometimes you don't. You know what I mean? This year, you know, we started off hot, kind of fizzled out, but, you know, it's football, man. You just got to keep moving forward, keep working, you know what I mean, and, um, you know, live to, you know, fight another day, and that's all it is, man. You got a whole another season. It's off season to get right and, uh, you know, get healthy and get right back to it, man. It's a continuous grind, always climbing to the top, but, you know what I mean, we kind of stumbled a little bit this year, but I still believe in this team wholeheartedly. You've been in this league a long time. You know how much change there is every off season. What – what are you expecting to happen here in this locker room? I mean, you never know what to expect. You know what I mean? It's the NFL. It's a, you know, big-time business. So you just, you know, take it one day at a time, you know, one play at a time, one hour at a time. So we'll see what happens, you know what I mean? And you know there's going to be changes. You know stuff changes all the time. But, you know, I love this game. And, you know what I mean, I love being here. Everybody, you know, in this locker room is dope. So you just take it one day at a time and, and see see where you uh, end up. Mitch, why, why are you? Just the guys we got in this locker room, you know what I mean? The, the, the coaches, uh, the players, you know, great dudes on and off the field, you know, always working hard. So, like I said, man, we had, you know, mishaps and things in the ball didn't really roll our way the second half of the season. But, um, you know, guys kept fighting and, you know, that's all you want out of guys. Play hard, practice hard, and uh, do the right thing. So, I still believe in everybody. I still believe in this whole organization. You know what I mean? We got something good going. We kind of, you know, like I said, stumbled, but I think we still can be, do something special. Mason, how did this locker room and, and this organization change after Alex's injury? Uh, it was tough, man. It's tough to see, you know, uh, a leader like that, um, you know, captain, great guy, you know, get hurt in that type of um, way, you know what I mean, where, you know, his leg is all messed up. But at the end of the day, it's football, man, and we've dealt with that here before. And um, it's got to keep going. But it's definitely, you know, it felt like, the, the, you know, knocked the wind out of you, you know, when you see something like that happen to a great guy like that, but, um, you know, we got to be able to keep playing through that. Does this day ever get easier when, when there's no playoffs? No, nah, never, you know what I mean? Um, especially when you expect to be in the playoffs. So uh, it is tough, but, you know, anytime you see these trash bags, I hate those trash bags. 
because you know guys are packing their stuff up. But at the end of the day, man, I, I had a blast, man. It was tough season, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a blessing to be able to play in this league for eight years with great guys and be able to help out the young guys like Sean Dion, you know, Deron Payne, all these guys, man, they're, they're great players, and, you know, I'm excited to see them grow. Mason, what's your best memory from this season and your worst memory from this season? Best memory from this season? Um, I don't know. I, I had a lot of good memories. I would say, you know, probably just that, that first game, you know what I mean, after uh, coming off the injury, you know what I mean, and, and having, you know, my season cut short and coming back and be able to, you know, have a great, great team win, you know, on the road, started off. So it felt good, man, to get back out there and really get a chance uh, to play. But, um, you know, bad memories, it's not really no bad memories, you know what I mean? It's, you know, just ups and downs with football, you know what I mean? But you, everybody's human. Everybody makes mistakes. People miss tackles or make bad plays. But, you know, it's football, man, and you take it in stride, and it makes you a better person in the end. We've asked a lot of guys, but what was your message to fans this offseason? It's been a weird 2018 for them. My message to fans was... I mean, it would be just, you know, I mean, it's it's going to be crazy, man. And life is crazy. Everything, you know, there's, like I said, ups and downs. But, uh, you know, you got to see it through and, you know, keep persevering to the end. So that's Mason Foster meeting with reporters at Redskins Park. Let's put him in the skin spotlight real quickly before we get out of here. Mason Foster was the 21st highest uh, cumulative grade and graded Redskin on the season on defense, according to ProFootballFocus.com and their premium statistics package, uh, achieving a 58.4 overall defensive grade. That's just below Adonis Alexander. I actually just tied with Adonis Alexander, who played a 1,000 less snaps uh, than him, and just above Sean Dion Hamilton, who played, obviously, a lot down the stretch, but played... Uh, about 900 or so less snaps than Mason Foster. Mason Foster played 388 snaps in run defense, 89 as a pass rusher, 537 snaps in pass coverage, which is an absurd amount based on what you want out of Mason Foster. Now, in terms of his run defense, he was a 60.7 out of 100 In terms of tackling, he was an 81.2. That's obviously not really a big problem. With pass rush, again, limited opportunities, 54.8. In coverage, a 56.7 out of 100 for Mason Foster of the Washington Redskins. Uh, Let's take a look at some other premium statistics via Pro Football Focus. He had eight total pressures with one sack, seven quarterback hurries, and one pass Batted, batted down. He had 92 tackles, according to PFF, with 35 assists. 92 solo tackles, 35 assists. He had nine misses, or nine missed tackles. 45 run stops uh, that basically mean uh, at or around the line of scrimmage for a negative loss or a zero gain. That's pretty good. Uh, and He was targeted in coverage 77 times. And opponents completed 65 balls in those those 77 targets for a completion percentage or reception percentage of 84.4. Mason Foster, according to Pro Football Focus, in his coverage allowed 549 yards, an average of 8.4 yards per reception, 400 
26 yards after the catch and three touchdowns. Wow. That's pretty interesting. Plus, he had several run-ins, obviously the bad one, which we covered a couple of weeks ago uh, with the fan on Instagram, which made it public where he was very critical of the organization, the fans, uh, so on and so forth. Again, that was not supposed to be made public. Uh, Also, Mason Foster had, uh, I think he had called out, you know, some of the fans earlier in the year or some sort of incident like that. Everything's kind of slipping my mind. Uh, right now, but I generally find Mason Foster to be a pretty out stand-up kind of guy. Um, I know that's not good enough. I know he needs to be better. I think he was used wrong this year. I think the Redskins would love to use him differently, uh, but he's probably going to be here, and Zach Brown is probably not going to be here. And we put him in our skins spotlight as long uh, as well as let you hear from him as we round out this episode, episode number one fifty-nine of the Locked On Redskins podcast. Have a great rest of the weekend. We will be back as soon as we possibly can, or as breaking news warrants. Thanks for being with us. Again, make sure you follow me on Twitter, at WrestleMania621, at Locked Redskins, at Locked On NFL Net on both Twitter and Instagram. Good to be with you right here on the Locked On Redskins podcast. Adios.